Welcome to Intersections Podcast, where faith and life collide. Hey, today we're celebrating Dr. Martin Luther King's birthday. And as we honor his life, his work, his legacy, we thought, what better way than to discuss his impact than to have our very own Robert Crockerham share his experiences. Now, Robert is one of the leaders of Campbell Church's diversity and inclusion ministry team. He's also an educator. He's the father of three beautiful daughters. He's the husband of one wife <laughs> for 16 years. Yeah. And you know what? He's quickly becoming um, one of mine and Ruth's favorite people. You know, in the short time that we've got to know Robert and interact with them, learn so much about faith and specifically the black experience. And I'm excited um, that now our audience, you get to have a, have a chance to get to know him a little bit. So Robert, welcome to Intersections. Welcome, Robert. Thank you Yay. so much for being part of for our show today. It's we're super excited and thrilled to have you. How are you doing today? Uh, I'm doing great. You, you know, uh, uh, days are are, are kind of long because mm -hmm. of the distant learning. But <laughs> my kids are all out of school right now. Uh, the homework is all done, and so it's a beautiful day. Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, Robert, could you tell us a little bit more about yourself? Uh, can you tell us a little bit of the story of the younger Robert who grew up in Southern California? He moved from Compton to Lancaster to North Hollywood. Could you tell us or could you take us a little bit on that journey? So I grew up, so I grew up with a single mom who was just beautiful. I'm a, I'm a, I mean, my mom is just the best. You, you know, have you all things to think about our moms, you know? Uh, it's my mom, she actually brought me to church uh, when I was younger. And, um, and then when I became a teenager, I, I kind of strayed away from that. And I strayed away from, uh, from our church and, and just from the word, you know. Um, and, um, and, I had, and I had a whole bunch of anger inside of me, right? Just all of this pent up anger. And, uh, and it's funny because, because this one night, I, but this one night I was walking home and this man, he approached me. Like it was dark. It was dark, probably about 9.30 at night. I had just not gotten home from, uh, from on track practice. And then he said, hey, young man, what are you doing out here so late? You know? <laughs> and I'm like, man, I'm just going home, you know? And, uh, and then he was like, do you know your Bible? And I was like, huh? He, <laughs> he was like, do you know the word of God? You know? And I'm like, yeah, I've heard of it. You know what I mean? <laughs> and um, and so me and him, we had this long conversation here at night about God and about God's word. And and um, and that was not normal for a corner in Compton at night. You know, normally different things are happening on a corner in Compton at night, you know. Like what, um, what would happen normally in Compton on a corner at night? There would either be uh, drug sales going on, uh, there may be some violence going on, um, um, uh, maybe some rival games. If one game member was on the was on the wrong corner, right? Um, and it would definitely, and there would definitely be be some kind of uh, police uh, interaction, some uh, police violence upon a corner if they saw uh, uh, saw saw a black man upon a corner because they were already think that I was up to no good, right? 
Um, but this night it was really quiet. There was no one else out there. It was just me and this. It was just me and this guy. Uh, his name was um was on Demarco, um, Livingston, mm -hmm. and so Demarco Livingston he started talking to me, and then his friend came out. Um, and uh, his his friend name was on Keenan Carr, and and Keenan Carr he came out. He's another tall, massive black dude. He came out. He was like. Uh, DeMarco, are you introducing the world to that young man? <laughs> <laughs> How, old you know? How old were you at that time? Um, I was, um, I was 17. And so by this time, I had stopped um, reading my Bible mm -hmm. probably since I was like 10 or so. Um, I just had so much anger inside of me um, just because of my surroundings, right? My my surroundings, my interactions with the local officials, with the local courthouses, with the police, with local gangs. Um, I'm not having my dad around, right? I, I just had all of this anger, right? Mm -hmm. um, and 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 that night, it, it was weird because that night I, I was coming home from from my track practice, and that week I had just not found my old Bible. It was really weird, um, and I had put my old Bible in my uh, in my backpack, just kind of carrying it around, you know. And a few days later, these guys they came up to me, you know, they asked me, "Do you have a Bible? Do you know about the Word of God?" You know, so I pulled it out, you know, and we started talking about it. And and and, and we probably talked until I don't know, uh, 10, 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night, you know, um, just kind of chopping it up, you know. But anyway, but I say that be because that was the, that was that was the start to who I am today hmm. right that made me really invest my energy and my time into the word um and so that inspired me and and that's actually I I believe that that's why I'm here today it, 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 was, it was because of those two young men on that corner in Compton at night you know That faith interaction changed your life forever. Mm -hmm. Yeah, wow. it definitely it, it it gave me um it, it gave me a place to to uh, to face my where where gave me a place to place my anger right. Mm -hmm. So I had all of this anger towards my society, towards my situation, towards my community, towards the system, and it allowed me to place that anger onto sin. Right, and to say that sin is the root for the for the wrong that's in the world, right? And it isn't it that the actual person, the person that God made, is a beautiful person, but 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 this sin has just grown and just festered inside of this community, inside of this system, right? Yeah. And so I was able to actually turn 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 my anger toward that sin, and then just pray more, right? Now, I still have anger, right? I still have, you know, uh, uh, but not so much. What was it about the society that was, um, or the community that you were in that, that um, you know, maybe caused some of that anger or influenced it? Um, what, was, what was the situation like? Um, uh, anger is a completely normal, good, 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 emotion, good emotion to have, right? A guy has anger. We all have anger, but... But but the anger that kind of drives you to, 
to want to be violent um, is what I'm talking about it. And so I think that, that that anger that would drive me to be violent and, and, and abrasive and allowed and to have a conflict on every moment, I think that that, that, that that was rooted in this idea that I wasn't really um, human, right? That my, that my community, the police officers around me, the, the judges that I spoke to, they didn't really treat me as a human, right? They treated me as I was a violent animal, right? So I became that. Um, um, but I saw it up on TV. I heard it up on the radio, you know, um, and, and in my community, I would treat it as such, right? I remember many times where I was put over by, by, uh, by uh, the police officers um, and I would be on the ground, I, I would be handcuffed, I would be in a car, and all I was doing was was hanging out at my granny's house, you know, uh, uh, but it would be daytime, you know, there's no drugs, I, I don't do drugs, I've never done drugs, um, and they would uh, not arrest me, but they would, um, they would um, harass me, right, mm. um, and, and, and so that constant interaction of of, of I'm a criminal hmm. um, and I'm an angry criminal, I'm a violent person. I think that 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 builds uh, anger and a violence inside of a person and it built inside of me, right? And so just being treated not as a human, uh, not being treated with any kind of mercy or grace. Uh, and that's why I was so surprised with those guys, right? Those Those guys, um, someone has showed their mercy and grace, so then they can pass that on to me, right? Um, because even my my fellow neighbors who were uh, African American, who were black, or who were um, who were Mexican, um, 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 even they was angry, right, because of their situation and because of how they were treated. So in turn, obviously, they would treat their neighbor uh, for the same way, right? Yeah. It just it's a part of this. This this on circle of my anger and violence. So, like Robert, you you know talked about your experiences and a lot of challenges. I mean. How does this shape you? How does this um, shape you as a father, as a husband, or shape you in, in your fate as well? I, I realized that because this topic that, uh, that we're talking about, about Dr. King and, and just honoring him, and, and people think that we are honoring um, this, this man, but really we are. We are honoring God's spirit that was in him. Right, and that has had a big influence in just shaping me. Mm -hmm. And so, with the negativity of my community growing up, with me not having my father around, being angry about that, um, and in and not having um, big opportunities so that I could be be uh, be unsuccessful, just as a black man who who uh, who works hard, right? So I work hard and I go to school, but still there are opportunities for me. Um, I think that that God has 
has has allowed me to take those frustrations and and kind of mold it into um, I kind of mold it into his kind of thinking that okay, Robert, this isn't uh, this isn't something that is that is a punishment for you, but it's an opportunity for you to grow uh, within your faith in me. Uh, and so all of these negative experiences, uh, all of the good experiences that I have, I take it as God giving me the, the chance to grow as a, as a Christian, as a son of God. Um, and it has, a, it has enhanced my faith, you know, uh, uh, spiritually, right? So, so yeah, so, so that's how it has really, uh, really impacted me. So I'm able to pass that faith on 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 to my daughters i get to pass it on to my church to my community and and i feel free in that right i, I don't feel scared or nervous to pass along my faith to others uh, with the hope that hey if you're going through a, a tough time uh, dig deep into god and and god can help you to to grab onto that faith and to become stronger right uh, um yeah yeah and so that's the faith side right but that's that that is that is my my spiritual side, um, and then and then just my physical side. The physical part of me is that I'm always scared. That I'm always nervous. That I would still have a have a negative um, interaction with with someone who is not um, black or African American. You know, I, I remember you were telling me. Maybe you could tell our audience a little bit about that story of when you were in Los Gatos. I remember you were you were, you were saying that you were there with your family and and just how you felt. Um, can you talk a little bit about that? So because of my, my, my upbringing, because of the way that I was treated uh, primarily by white people who just didn't see me as a human, who kind of judged me um, harshly as a criminal, if you will, um, uh, as an adult and with my three um, beautiful uh, black daughters, right, who, who have this beautiful long, long hair and, and, uh, and, and these full cheeks, and just these these are full smiles, right? Is it, so obviously when you see us walking through Los Gatos, which is which is a primarily um um a white community, uh, oftentimes nine out of ten times we are the only black family, you know, who are walking through that neighborhood, who 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 are walking through downtown um downtown Los Gatos, and and every time that that we've gone down there, people have kind of have kind of uh, looked at us weird. They have they have whispered like under their breaths about us. Um, people have treated us rudely when they're serving us when we go into like a restaurant. Uh, people in a restaurant would kind of point at us. Um, um, now, now I have to admit that that since I am the father of uh, of our three beautiful girls, people. People point at them all, 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 all of the time. They always point at them. They always say, hi, uh, you have beautiful daughters, you know, uh, you have a beautiful family. That happens every single day. Uh, but, these is, but these experiences, um, uh, they were not that. They were more people being angry with us for being in their space, you know. Um, and people, people, they would ask me, some of my Black friends, they would ask me, well, why even go down there? You know, and I would say because I like the food. You know, <laughs> you know, I, I like the food. You know, I don't go to the Apple Store that that's on down there, right? Uh, um, um, it's um, it's on clean, 
right? It's yeah, it's it's clean and it's mostly safe. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? They have a great library that's down there. I'm a member of the library uh, that's down there, right? This it's a beautiful area. And so why not go down there? Is is what I say. And and um, now I want to tell tell some of my black friends you should go down there because maybe if they see more of us, it wouldn't be so weird for them, you know. <laughs> <laughs> You were talking to me about how your wife reacted. Oh yeah, of course, oh, of course. So my wife Taryn, Taryn is from South Africa, um, and and Taryn is 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 completely invested in the black culture, um, and 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 Taryn um, being 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 someone who 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 loves God, who loves compassion and mercy. She has zero tolerance for racism or for discrimination, and so when she sees it, she doesn't hold back anything. You, you know that's not who she is. Um, and so, so there was a time when we was at this this farmers market, the downtown Los Gatos, and and she was in line, and I was in line with her with our daughters, and and she had ordered, and then uh, a few minutes later or so. Um, there's a white lady who came up and, and I also ordered. And then, and then there's another white person who came up and also ordered. And those two people, they got their food first before us. Obviously we were there first, we had been waiting. So, so Tim said, uh, Robert, did you notice that? I said, nah, I'm just enjoying my day. I mean, it was a beautiful day. You know, I mean, it was summertime. You know, it was, it was last year where it was two years ago. You know, so we were all out and just enjoying um, um, our day. But uh, she noticed it, right? And so she picks up on those subtle uh, hints of um, racism, those subtle hints of um, of um, of um, discrimination. Things things that I've learned to to kind of pass over mm-hmm. because because they aren't they aren't uh, um, they aren't egregious. Right, enough for me to even notice them. Right, right. I, but I, but I've experienced worse. And if someone would just save me third instead of first when I was in line first, then I don't really notice that that kind of stuff any longer. Uh, maybe I should, but I've, but I've learned to just accept it without even noticing it. Um, um, but Taryn hasn't lived a life as a um, black man, obviously. And so she still is a little bit new to it, right? And so she notices it quick and she picks up on it and uh, and uh, she fights for me and she fights for our daughters. Um, so yeah, so that was that it, that experience. Or no, what do you love to eat, man? Like, what's your what's your what's your go-to grub? Oh man, you you know what? I'm a breakfast person, um, and so so I love me like a good Waffle House. I like a good um, I like a good um, plate of a uh, French toast. You know, bring it. Um, yeah, man. So that's my thing, man. I I. It's my granny, actually. My 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 grandma. She was a great cook. I, I mean, I would go to 
But I would go to her house and you could just smell but the cakes and the ribs and the bacon just kind of frying up. I mean, it was just it was it was just beautiful moments, right? Or just food everywhere, you know. <laughs> and and so uh, so in Los Gatos on a uh, on a day on a Sunday when there's a farmers market, it's a very diverse community that uh, that comes down there. And so you have the the uh, the good old cakes in the in the um, in the uh, ribs uh, the, um, that are barbecuing and stuff like that, and so, uh, so yeah. But 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 if I had to choose choose my last meal, it would have to be a plate of waffles. You know, <laughs> give me the butter with the maple syrup, man. Don't hold back. You know, what I mean? I'm not on no kind of diet. You know, <laughs> you feed me, and I'm gonna be happy. You know. <laughs> hey, there's a re great restaurant in um in I think it's like Capitola called the Buttery. And they make this oh. awesome French toast, this awesome like strawberry yeah. French toast. You gotta take your family, go eat there. Um, it's yum, 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 man. You'll, you'll enjoy it, I think. Yeah, well, well, I'm Asian. Oh man, yes. <laughs> my, my meal is always composed with some rice. And so it would be breakfast, lunch, and dinner. We'll have a cup of rice. <laughs> but yes. I mean, but you know, you you've talked about earlier about like there's some progress, right? There's we have a new senator like Rob Raphael Warnock, right? And he is a, a pastor of even these are Baptist mm -hmm. church where Martin Luther actually, you know, was a yes. co-pastor from 1960s through his passing through 1968. Like for you and maybe for you and the black community, what do you think? Um, what what progress have you seen um, since his passing? And are we getting close to realizing his vision for mankind? Yeah, I think that um, well, I think that we have definitely uh, seen progress, right? Um, one of my old supervisors, her her family, they they owned a home. Mm -hmm. um, and that home was passed on to them from their families um, um, among slave owners, right? Um, and and she remembers her great granny telling her stories about how uh, about how her relatives would be lynched on that tree, right? Um, and we live in a time now to where. Uh, Twitter just doesn't happen nearly, uh, nearly as as often as it used to, right? Uh, and so I say that because because that was a normal thing in the past. That's why Dr. King started marching because he couldn't stand by seeing all of these beautiful images of images of God hanging upon these trees, right? Mm -hmm. Right, that broke his heart. It, and so when, when this particular kid, a uh, 14-year-old uh, boy, uh, Emmett Till was, was uh, murdered, that, that, that sparked something, Dr. King. And it sparked something in the Black community. Because as I mentioned before, when you can see uh, someone's uh, dead body, mm. Um, 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 that sparks 
this pain inside of you. And that was one of that was one of the few times that a black person was was um was um, murdered and and they had an open casket, right? And so, and so they did that on purpose so that people can actually see this young, beautiful boy's body. Um, and so I start there because that's where Keen started mm-hmm. with that hurt and with that pain. And then we go to 2020 with the hurt and the pain of seeing uh, George Floyd's spirit leave his body. So when we talk about progress, there is progress, but there's so much more that we need to do, right? Um, and and do I think that we will get there in our lifetime? Uh, I'm not sure because it is rooted in our country's history. It's in our ground, it's in the roots, right? Um, and, and it's tough to, 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 uh, to uh, dig our roots, right? It, it just, it's, it's so tough to dig our roots. Um, so yeah, so, 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 so that's my thoughts about that. And, and, and the other thing I thought about when I saw this Senator be elected I thought who we are as a people. Uh, black people are spiritual people. And 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 oftentimes uh, in the past, we were not allowed to be spiritual people. And um, they would burn down our churches, right? Uh, we were not allowed to have Bibles. And now here we have a, a black man who is a spiritual man, who is a spiritual teacher in our Senate, and that encourages me. And I think that that will encourage other people to, to embrace God's spirit and to embrace the moment to be better, right? You know, you talk, you talk about some of the experiences you had in Compton, growing up in Compton. You talked about some of the more recent experiences you have in an affluent neighborhood like Los Gatos, you know? Um, do you, again, just being real, do you have these experiences in the church? So yes, well, first off, yes, I have seen it in 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 the church, in, in it. and it's not at Campbell alone. But when I was but when I was going to a church down in LA, it was it was the church I was baptized to. It was mm-hmm. it was it was it was it was the church I was baptized in. It was the church of a Demarco and of a Keenan Cora who reached out to me on that street corner, right? Um, um, I can remember that church that that church that was down in LA, and and I love that church. I I hated leaving it to to come up here to San Jose. I mean that was my spiritual home. You know, again I had roots there at that church. I I was the the team minister there at that church for five years. Wow. You know, I was the children minister. I was, I was the children minister ministry leader there for three years. You know, um, uh, I was you for a year. I was a worship minister there for a year, right? right, right the so, worship right, minister. Right, so, 
<laughs> yeah, man. So, so, so I had roots there, right? I was the person that was up there leading our church in a in a song and in prayer and and introducing people, right? Uh, midweek services on a Wednesday, Sunday morning services, right? Right. I love that church, and I went and and it was a mostly black church, right? Uh, but I but I can remember this this young man. Um and 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 he was not black, but I met him at a college and we studied the Bible and then he got baptized and and I uh, Ruth and I Jeff um I remember that night as if it was last night mm. we was at his apartment complex and and we was at the pool and. He was on the phone with his guardian because he didn't have have a mom or a dad. Uh, it was his auntie, I believe, who was taking care of him, who who he lived with. And he was on the phone with his auntie before he got baptized. And and his auntie said, "If you get baptized, don't come home." And I looked him in the eye and I said, "If you get baptized and if you and if you can't go home, the church will find a home for you." Right, and so that was my faith, and and so he got baptized because he had because he had that same faith, and when it was time for him to get help from the church, the church they refused, and you guys that that broke my heart, um, and again, it, no one would come out and say that they refused to help him be, help help him because he wasn't black. But I know if I needed help there, that they would have helped me, right? Um, um, and, so, and so that hurt me. So, so I don't say that as, as a way to say that uh, racism doesn't happen against Black people. But I say that because, because in every church, there's a, there's a belief that the majority should rule over the minority. And... And it's the same way, um, I think, in just about every church is that. Um, and, and so here at Campbell, because we have the diversity and inclusion uh, team, we are attempting to get the minority voices heard. Be because, because I can tell you that, honestly, here at Campbell, it, is that when I first came here, when I first walked through those doors, right, those beautiful doors, uh, it, and you walk through the hallway, you get a little newsletter, right? You, uh, um, um, back then they didn't really have uh, treats, right? Right, but they may have like a little mint for you, you know? Um, <laughs> and, uh, it's, 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 and so you walk in and you feel really good, right? It's, it's, it's God's house, right? But then when I walked in, again, this was eight years ago, but when I walked in, uh, every single leader, was a white man, right? Uh, every single uh, minister was a white person, you know? And without knowing them, I was triggered, right? I was triggered into thinking that I was a criminal again. That here I am, I'm in this church, and these people are, would think that I'm a criminal, mm -hmm. right? Um, and, and so inadvertently, I think that 
the lack of diversity in our leadership. And again, this is before you got there, right, Jeff? This is before you became a, a right, right. Uh, the worship minister, right? Um, yeah. um, I, I, I think that inadvertently, that is a bias within itself. Is that it is it is impossible, it is impossible, for, for, uh, for a group of 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 leaders who are who who are white who are who are Caucasian to understand for the fear that I had of going into that building. Right. And, 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 and the fear that I had of going into one of their offices. And they invited me to an office for a conversation, right? And, 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 and so I said that because no one, in, because no one in Campbell has, has been racist towards me, right? No one has prevented me from worshiping God or or treating me as if I was the help, right? When there's a VBS event, uh, people have always come to me to be a leader. Um, um, whether that's who they think that I should be or whether that's what God put on their heart. But a clear sign of racism, I, I think, was would be if they invited me to be the cleanup guy, right? Um, or if they invited me to be the assistant of the assistant. Right, uh, and for me here at Campbell, that has never happened to me. Um, I've always been treated with so much respect and 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 in love here at Campbell um, by everyone. Now that doesn't say that that I don't have fear here. I do. Um, um, even now, if an elder calls me, and I have a I have love for every single elder and I have confidence in every single elder that we have. Uh, but when they call me, and I know that there's a white man on the other side, but on the other side of that phone, I start shaking. My hands, my palms, they get sweaty. I feel like the initial um, um, purpose for that call is that I did something wrong, mm. right? And that has never been the case. It has never happened to me, right, um, here at Campbell. But I've never been accused of anything outside of unloving people, right? <laughs> but I still have that fear, you know? And, and, and I mentioned all of that because that fear cripples me in volunteering more, right? Um, when I should feel liberated to volunteer even more. Thank you for sharing that. You know, I think I, I hope and I I hope that you being in the diversity team and just the team itself being here at Campbell will help to you know, mold and for us to be more diverse and more open to just be <laughs> just opening to everyone. And um, I think your role in this team is pretty big. Um, what what do you for you personally? Um, what do you what do you want to accomplish? And what is your goal? Um, what do you want to contribute to the team and to the church, and as a whole to the larger community? This might sound weird or funny for anyone who is not black, uh, but I want to have a barbecue at Campbell. Oh, right, hallelujah! Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. You know, so in the black community, when we have a barbecue, it's 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 a community event, 
mm-hmm. right? Uh, everyone is there, uh, ministers at the at the churches by different denominational uh, leaders. They're all there, right? And and through through our barbecues, we are able to really reach out to the to the whole community, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and and I I feel like like black people have our black people are such a minority in our Campbell uh, that it's hard to reach them because we don't know where they are mm-hmm. right especially now 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 with COVID-19 um, but if we have a barbecue black folks we hear about that yeah right? we hear about the barbecue we hear about the party right um, and and I say that because that will welcome that will welcome Christ into more black people's lives that's in Campbell, right? That will lead lead to more souls being saved, right, in God. And and that will lead to a more diverse Campbell church, you know. Um, and so we have to begin thinking outside of the box. We have to begin thinking um, how, how do we reach the minorities in our community in order to win souls, right? But that's the whole point. It's, if if we are not doing things to win souls, then what are we doing, right? Uh, and right now, black souls are not being won by our Campbell Church. They just aren't. They they aren't being baptized enough by by our Campbell Church, you know, because the outreach just isn't there. Now, obviously, with, with COVID nineteen, things are extremely different, but things will get better, you know. Um, and so. My plan for the diversity and inclusion team is to advise our, our leaders or better ways to, to, to have these outreach events, right, uh, for the minorities in our community so that we can save souls. And, and if these souls are saved already, then how come they aren't coming here, right? Where are they going? And, and if they're going to a place of God, then we should be partnering with that place also. And they're having a they're having a barbecue with them too, right? We should be a huge community of unbelievers, right? And, and so that's my goal. My 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 personal goal as a member of of on this team is that we will be more diverse in our outreach, that we will be more diverse in our partnership with the other churches that's around us, and that we will be more diverse in reaching out to those minorities and and in hearing their voices because I don't want I don't want an, a black family to come through those beautiful doors there at Campbell in our 2022 or or our fall in our 2021 or in spring in 2021, right? And and to feel the way that I felt. Right. I don't want them to apply for a job right there at on Campbell and to feel the way that I felt, right? Um, and that goes to our hiring committee, right? Do we have um, black members on our hiring committees? Or are we hiring individuals who are spiritual or people that we know, right? People who we feel comfortable with. And, and, so, and so that's my goal is that we can be more purposeful in our outreach, that we can be more, more, more diverse in our leadership. And again, uh, we're not talking about hiring a whole bunch of people. We're talking about people who are volunteering to, to, to lead God's people.
I love Campbell, right? I love um, our, our our church here, um, and and there has been uh, so many people who have loved for me. When I was first asked to be a part of this team, you know, one of my first thoughts was was when it comes to diversity and inclusion, was that man, I wish that everyone in our community, everyone in our community, could feel that love, right? Like I feel it so intensely, you know. Um, uh, Taryn, Taryn was was sharing with her coworker about our church. And Tara's coworker, who, 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 who she believes is an atheist, he said, wow, that's an incredible church. It's like, if, if more churches were like that, I, I may want to join, right? More people may want to join, wow. right? If, 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 if more churches was on that loving, right? Um, uh, because I, I don't think that people understand that in other churches, like if you've been at Campbell for a long time, at other churches, you don't really get a phone call unless you 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 uh, you didn't get a tie, right? If you didn't give a tie, then you get a phone call. <laughs> but if you gave a tie, then no one's gonna be calling you. You you know, it's just <laughs> you know, you know, but but here, but here I had a brother call me um late last night. It was it was probably about 9 30, 10 o'clock at night. He called me. Just to find out how I was doing, right? He didn't want anything. He didn't ask me about my tithe or about communion or about anything. He just wanted to have a to have a big conversation about my home, about how were the repairs and stuff like that, right? It was just love, and and I think that God wants us to share that love with everyone, mm. and that it's unfair that that um, it's unfair if if we don't find ways to to accomplish that goal, you know, to to spread that love as much as possible. You know, last one, Robert, I know we've asked you yeah. a bunch of questions, but we're super appreciate um, your time. But lastly, if there's someone uh, out there, you know, um, that might have experienced the same thing that you experienced, I don't know, maybe back from Compton, back from that, from that street that, or, from, from a person that is in a church that maybe feel a little, there's some fear going on or may feel a little lost. I don't know, but if, what, what message or what advice um, can you give to them? My advice to someone who may have felt like me, either uh, 20 years ago when mm -hmm. I first got baptized or, or eight years ago when I uh, first walked through Campbell's doors um, if someone uh, felt like me, no matter what their 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 background was, whether they were white, black, um, Asian, uh, uh, Filipino, right, Mexican, whatever the case may be, uh, I I would tell them to to read and to read their Bible as much as possible, and not just um, not just the Bible, but 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 read. Um, we other people who God, who God has used to impact the world. We we read some of Dr. King's letters, right about hope and about courage and about choosing passion, 
we we and listen to Dr. King's uh, speeches about loving, even when even when you can see the hate in people's eyes towards you, even when you can feel it around you, even when dogs are are biting at your feet and at your ankles. Dr. King would talk about having a spirit of love mm-hmm. and having a a a a a spirit of 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 compassion. So I would tell them to read, to to um, research about how other people have made it through those same struggles and how these struggles are not new, right? The, the, there's, there's so much hurt in this world and people hurt others because they are hurt, right? People are racist towards you because they feel a pain inside of them. And, and Dr. King talked about that a lot. He talked about how, about how much hurt a person will have to have in order to hang someone. I mean, that's a deep amount of pain that they have. And so he talked about how do we forgive? It's because Christ, it's because God, because God, the Holy Spirit forgave us and, and, and God forgives them. And so I would tell them to read and to research and to pray um, and just dig in deep. You know, that, that, that is the only way I think that, that, that you can move forward as, a, as an individual. Um, I don't think that God has given us any, but I, I, I don't think that God has given us any other way than, than through his servants, right? Um, so that's what I would tell them. I would, I would tell them to, um, if, if they needed to reach out to me, that they could reach out to me. If they needed to reach out to the diversity and inclusion team, they could reach out to us. Uh, um, but I have so many books, uh, so, so much literature for the people who God used, you know, uh, literature from uh, literature from a Lashton, uh, from a Lashton Huge, right? A poetry from him, um, books, books from from Abraham Lincoln, right? And so these these words are 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 God words to us, mm. and uh, we can read them, and, and then we can meditate upon them, and then we can pray upon them. And then God can change our hearts. And then God can help us to move forward past that pain and past that hurt. Robert said that if you have questions about our diversity and inclusion team, that you could reach out to them. In fact, uh, you can reach out to them uh, or reach them by emailing at diversity at campbellchurch.org. If you have questions um, about this podcast, Intersections Podcast, um, you can reach us by um, hitting that little message button or by emailing us at podcast at, at campbellchurch.org. But Robert, we appreciate you, brother. Thank you, brother. Bless you. We love you and your family to you and Taryn and the girls. May you be blessed. May you prosper in Jesus' mighty name. Father, we thank you for Robert. We thank you for his family. We thank you for his experiences. We thank you, God, for his ministry and how he's working, Father. He's using his experiences for your glory, honor, power, and praise. Father, we pray that, God, uh, the, the, the vision, the, um, 
the mission that you put in Dr. Martin Luther King, Father, would um, be realized. Father, we don't know if it'll be in our lifetime, but we pray, Father, that you would give us, your people, your eyes, your ears to hear, Father, to see those, God, who are hurting in our community, Father, whether that be the Black community, the Filipino community, the Mexican community, Father, the white community, Father, that you would give us eyes to see, Lord, and love in our hearts to love well all people. And we thank you, Father, for the life and legacy of our brother, Dr. Martin Luther King, that we can still learn of you through him, God, and how to love well. So help us, God, and help our brother and all of us, Lord, love you and love your people well. We thank you, Father. We praise you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank <laughs> you.